0: super jump podcast i'm your host as always mitchell farley wolf and i'm here with editor in chief of super jump magazine james burns hey james how's it going
1: hey it's going pretty good how are you
0: i'm doing all right i'm glad to uh, have you here on the show and editor at large of super jump magazine wyatt Donigan. wyatt what's up uh nothing much nothing
2: much just ready to talk about some good games with the whole crew again
0: <laughs> the whole the <laughs> whole fam has returned to uh, talk about games in the only way that Super Jump does, um, exhaustively, and in in list form, which are some of our favorite things to, to put things in, lists. Um, this is the Super Jump Podcast. We talk mainly about uh, crocheting strategies, wine-tasting, uh, glass-blowing tips and tricks, but this week we're going to dive into uh, video games, and not just video games in general, specifically... Some of the best video games of 2018. That is our our mission. We're going to give out some awards. Each of the three of us has three awards to give out to games that uh, either came out this year or were in some way notable this year. But before we do that, I just want to remind everyone at home, uh, relax, get comfortable. Or if you're walking or driving, uh, listening to the show, I know people do that. Don't do do not relax or get comfortable. Uh, stay spry. <laughs> stay very, Pay very Pay attention spried. to the road. <laughs> yeah. Please don't crash. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to stay exciting, but also calm enough so like either <laughs> camp is, is satisfied. Um, but it, it, if you are just sitting around listening to the show, please do subscribe to the show on whatever podcast catcher you're listening to this through. Uh, follow super jump where appropriate we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on medium that is the on on medium that is the actual magazine super jump magazine uh and you really can do all of all of that stuff if you're in a car too you just need to pull over first uh i want to i want (laughs) to be very clear about that we will have no lawsuits for a magazine that can only be viewed online who are you even gonna sue the internet They don't take calls anymore. So (laughs) we have a lot of great stuff to get into today uh, vis-a-vis Games of the Year and uh, Runners Up and and other awards. But before we do that, I'm afraid we'll have to jump into the Playtime Report! (laughs) Guys, you made me feel good. That was the most laughs I've ever gotten out of the start of a show before. (laughs) 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 Doesn't happen very often. Um, So we've all been playing the same game, but James has also been playing another game, believe it or not. So I want to start with that. James, can you tell me about Gree?
1: Yeah, so uh, this has only just come out within the last couple of weeks, but it's been a game that I've been following for months and months, um, hoping that it would play as good as it looks, and thankfully, it does, which is really good news. Um, it's it's interesting. It's the, the debut title by a Spanish studio called Nomada Studio, and I guess um, the way to think about it, because when you look at the screenshots uh, or if you watch the trailer online, you know you you see this kind of incredible hand drawn, hand painted art style. Um, you know, it looks very whimsical. It's got this gorgeous soundtrack. Um, but if you're curious about how it actually plays, I would say that it's kind of a cross between a Metroidvania, okay. in the sense, in the sense that um, you're you're exploring a large kind of interconnected world, and you are acquiring power-ups that allow you to change form. Um, so that you can make your way through different obstacles in the environment, basically. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's kind of like journey. I don't know if if either of you played journey by that sure, game yeah. company, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot like that in the sense that like there are no enemies. The only obstacles really are kind of environmental puzzles, environmental obstacles. Um, the game is reasonably short. I think it's probably maybe it's about four or five hours long. Um oh, okay. Very, very short experience. But it's this it's it's this incredibly um incredibly curated experience. Uh every single moment in the game is really kind of carefully designed with great attention to detail. Um and so you're not playing this remotely for the challenge. Uh, you're not playing this for the world's best platforming. You're really playing this for this kind of enveloping audiovisual experience. Um, it's, it's like it's one of the poster childs for the whole idea of games as art. Um, but it, it does actually happen to have great platforming mechanics as well. So it's actually fun to play, not just fun to look at.
0: Yeah, it seems to uh, have taken games as art quite literally with its visual art. Um, I I watched a few trailers for this game, and they look beautiful, but I couldn't really get a grasp on what it was supposed to be, which I kind of mm. assume is the point a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't know too much about anything that you could remotely call a spoiler, I suppose, but... I am very interested in hearing that it's a Metroidvania. I did not assume that. I did not assume that it had anything to do with that kind of genre of game uh based on what I saw. It to me it looked more like a like a limbo or an inside where just like a really mm. curated straight through platformer. Um obviously not as yeah. dark as limbo or inside. Mm-hmm
1: yeah yeah definitely and 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 it's definitely it, it shares a lot with those games in terms of some kind of key design principles but i i was a bit surprised too like it's when you play it um none of the puzzles are really like there's nothing particularly complex or difficult about them but they're sort of clever they're all sort of clever and surprising um and i think that was the thing that was one of the things that kind of impressed me most about it the the puzzles are just interesting enough and just difficult enough that you will occasionally kind of stop in your tracks and have to work something out or you'll have to approach a situation with kind of lateral thinking but it's it's never enough to really kind of stop you in your tracks it's always there's always this you feel like there's always this kind of gentle hand guiding you through um even to the extent where sometimes you'll be in a, an area or in a level where you feel like you can go in any direction and you kind of feel like you're going to get lost so you'll just head off in a in a direction and see what happens and somehow it's always the right direction <laughs> hmm. so it's it there's this very very subtle kind of um things that the designers are doing to just gently guide you through but make you feel like you're navigating this fairly complex environment it's it's quite clever uh,
0: have you tried replaying it at all to see if like what if i didn't go down that direction i chose um that would it be is this a non-linear game or are you going through different paths that all converge or is this just curation and you're always picking the right path because yeah. um you're you're just forced down that direction.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely gives you the feeling that it's non-linear, but it it really is. It's it's really a curated linear experience. All right, um, yeah. It it just yeah, it just has this kind of open feeling to it.
0: What's it um what's it what's it saying? What what is the game really about? What 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 is What's the gist of, I guess, don't spoil anything, but what, what is <laughs> the game supposed to, what is it tackling? What, why would I be interested um, outside of ear and eye candy?
1: Yeah. Well, I've read, I've actually read a few different takes on this. Um, my take is that it's, it's tackling themes of loss and grief, uh, and it, it, to me, as I play it, uh, I kind of get the sense that I'm moving through these stages of grief, uh, which, which means there's this very, on the one hand, this very melancholy feeling to the game, but it's just incredibly kind of uh, elegant and beautiful as it moves through those stages. Um, and it, it's definitely, you know, it, it definitely is ultimately kind of a hopeful and positive uh, outcome um, but it's very much you know I think the developers have very deliberately kind of left it fairly open to interpretation so I think each each player will get something different from it
0: cool I'm uh, I, I'm meaning to check this one out I haven't had the time but uh, that is mainly because of this next game that we've all been playing <laughs> step aside Gree you're not in the smash bros <laughs>
1: um not yet there's still four characters to come yeah i was gonna say yeah that's a possibility (laughs) oh you're right
0: is the main character's name gree
1: (laughs) no (laughs) no the the main character's unnamed
0: all all right well in any case um (laughs) two episodes ago i had friend of the show jeff onan on to talk about uh smash bros and kind of wrap up uh, a mini series of mid jumps that him and I have been doing since the announcement of this game, just based on speculation and stuff. We, we had a lot of speculation episodes and now we just had our finally, our, our final reflection episode. Then one episode ago, the episode after that, Wyatt and I talked a lot about smash pros. Uh, <laughs> and not only that, but we covered the uh, Joker announcement at the game awards and this information is mainly for for James, who wasn't on either of those episodes. Um, this is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been playing. I want to hear, James, uh, I, I know you just talked a lot about Gree. I'm sorry for putting you on double duty like this. But I I, I want to hear your immediate <laughs> um, it, in- interpretations and uh, <laughs> just the general vibe you're getting from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. What's up with this whole <laughs> ultimate game? How ultimate is it, James?
1: <laughs> well, look, it's it's kind of the crack of video games, isn't it? Like okay. I mean that that that's my bottom line. That was going to be my one my one line in our big games of 2018 article. Um, I think it needs more than that. I think it I think you've got to substantiate
0: such a bold claim. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so to go just a little deeper, um, I guess, like, I'm definitely coming to this game from a totally different place than you guys. Like, I um, I played the original Smash Brothers on Nintendo 64, played the hell out of that and loved that game. Um, I definitely played other Smash games between then and now, but never... Like, I never owned one since then. I would, you know, I'd play oh, wow, them okay. at friends' houses. I'd kind of oh, wow. um, play them in bits and pieces. And I just, somewhere along the line, I don't know if I just got bored or I, you know, I decided it was just kind of more of the same and I wasn't interested. I don't know what it was, but I just kind of fell off. And when Smash Brothers Ultimate was announced... And everyone was going nuts for it. And it was the main game at E3. I mean, I was kind of mildly interested in following the news. But I was very conscious of the fact that, you know, I'm not coming to this as a hardcore Smash fan at all. Like, as these characters are being announced and there's all this controversy and speculation, I was kind of yawning my way through it a little bit. Um, (laughs) But I, I... knew I had to get this game because it is ultimate. I mean, come on. Like sure, it's in the to If I'm gonna play it says it on the box, man. Like if I'm gonna play any Smash game, it's gotta be this one, surely. Um so so I picked it up and my very first impression when I started playing it was slight disappointment because <laughs> I just I yeah, sure. I just realized you gotta, you gotta I started, disappointed. <laughs> I started playing it and I'm like, man, the controls are so simple, but I'm so crap at this game. Like, I just don't get it. I've (laughs) clearly just forgotten how to play it. But, you know, I pushed through. The good news is I pushed through. I actually paid attention to the incredible in-game character tutorials. Um I went through, I started playing World of Light, and I know there's a whole thing about various people being upset that it takes so long to unlock characters, but I, for me that was really good because I'm, I felt like the game was giving me time with each one and I wasn't uh-huh. being overwhelmed constantly with new characters. Um, and at some point it clicked and I just became... A crazy obsessed smash dude like (laughs) I reckon I I don't know how many hours I've spent I've got to have spent 15 hours on World of Light so far um I had my siblings over to play multiplayer and everyone was sort of like yeah yeah we'll play a couple of rounds no 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 four hours later 4 hours right. later they were like it happens they were late leaving my house and they couldn't stop playing it and it was the most yep. fun i've had in multiplayer forever um <laughs> so i'm i'm back into smash what can i say it it's brought me back in
0: <laughs> great i'm i mean we're, we're we're proud to have you back uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, yeah, it's just, it's just yes. a fun game. Like, I think that, like you said, that kind of, that thing of you, like you go in with kind of like a little bit of hesitation you're like, all right, you know, I guess I'll play it. Cause it's the kind of like the hot thing to do right now, but you just get, you just get lost in it. Like even me with like being super mm. hype about it. Um, even I still just find myself sometimes where I'm like, Oh wow. Like it's, I've been sitting here for four hours playing this game, like just playing online or just playing, you know, some rounds in world of light. Um, it just has that. Just kind of addictive quality that like, oh, just one more game. Just just one more game. Like it just has that mm-hmm. feeling for you every time you pick it up.
0: It does. Yeah. It does. Um, I have to ditto James' James's feeling about unlocking characters. Uh, a lot of the competitive scene has been pretty against this actually because there's no like cheat co- uh, cheat code you can put in to make your machine tournament ready. You need to unlock all the mm-hmm. characters on every Switch. Which is a little yeah, bit yeah. more annoying because Nintendo has no way of sharing save data, because they've decided they don't, they just don't like doing it anymore. <laughs> they, it's not a fun thing for them anymore. <laughs> um, but but really, there's there's just something about given being given eight characters, knowing you're going to expand that to just under eighty, um, and. The way you get new characters is is usually so fast that it doesn't matter. Uh, it it you can do it in under a few hours if you want or expand that process to a a, a few weeks if you if also if you want, just by by choosing what you want to focus on in the game. I probably wouldn't have played Donkey Kong, for example. i I usually don't play heavy characters, but I did play Donkey Kong mm. in in this game because. There just weren't very many characters to choose from at the beginning. And then as, yeah. as I got new characters, I um I decided to try out Lucas, even though I usually just played plain uh, Ness. But I I tried Lucas because I unlocked Lucas first and then I, I realized hey this I can do some different stuff here than I can with with Ness and, and I, I tried out a lot of characters that way. That was really fun. I, I enjoy that being part of the game. Um, I did it, James, it took me 30 hours to beat world of light. Um, and I think I did it pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I'm comparing notes with other people and it seems like 30 is the, um, the, the mean time to get through world of light. So good luck with that. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm excited (laughs) for you to pull through that. Uh, do you, I think I'm like. I've got like maybe probably around as much as James, like probably about fifteen or sixteen hours. But I feel like I'm I haven't even like scratched the surface. Like I, I've heard inklings of different um other kind of worlds that you end up in um Mm. that seemed kind of fun so like i've heard a little bit about that but like i don't really know how close i am to (laughs) that but yeah yeah it uh it's it just feels like that map is so huge and i'm like oh god like every time (laughs) you're like okay cool i just unlocked another character i'm like wait but i've only unlocked like 15 characters in in this mode (laughs) yet and i have to unlock another like 60 like come on yeah
0: yeah yeah that happens (laughs) uh no no spoilies but yeah man (laughs) you've got some stuff to do yeah (laughs) um i think we're gonna talk a little bit more about super smash brothers ultimate later as we get into the individual awards so let's just hop into those Let's go into Mitchell Waffles on whether or not he can pull off the aggressively sexy Red Dead Redemption tube top he found at Hot
1: Topic.
2: I love these transitions; they're so great. I'm I'm glad
0: they aren't being wasted (laughs) because they don't take like a minute to think of, but they don't take no seconds to think of either. So, <laughs> uh, we have an article coming up where many of the recurring Super Jump writers, including all three of us, have identified their top three games of the year. Uh, top is in quotes. We've kind of let the people decide, does that mean best? Does that mean favorite? And year is also in quotes. Uh, there, I, I thought there would be more examples of like living games that were updated or or um, ports that came out that made a really big splash this year that maybe didn't make a big splash on their original year. Turns out I'm the only one (laughs) out of all... uh, (laughs) Is there seven seven writers, six or seven, um, who abused that rule? But I'm I'm proud of doing it, and I'm glad I did it. Uh, (laughs) For this podcast, though, I think we should play a bit of a game. We won't... um, We won't order them. These are not going to be the Game of the Year awards for Super Jump. um, Or or even just from us as individuals. But we've each given three awards out to uh, individual games. I think it would be best if we took turns. We each did one and then we went through ourselves again three times. Um, So I will start... Uh, most improved i'm giving the the award for most improved game to pokemon go uh if you told me when pokemon go launched in the summer of 2016 that i would be giving a game of the year award for it in 2018 i would not i wouldn't even say you're crazy i would just not understand the concept <laughs> i would not understand the <laughs> premise of what i'm trying to get across but that game was real bare bones when it launched. You could basically go around and catch Pokemon, and that was about it. That was, that was really about it all. The, the main goal of the game was just to max out your level. And that's still a goal in the game, but now there are raids where you can coordinate your friends and, and go to a real-life location and, and do a Pokemon raid for like a legendary Pokemon. The amount of Pokemon that you can catch has quadrupled, pretty much. There are field research, which is essentially um, achievements that you can uh, collect the prompts for and then just get rewards based on that. And then special research, which are these long-form, I guess almost story mode elements of Pokemon Go, where you do a a lot of little challenges that add up to collecting data for the fictional in-game professor professor willow um so he can help you reach a mythical pokemon like Mew or celebi that's how you do that and there's just so much more direction and flow and and purpose Mm. put in this game and in addition to the fact that when the game came out it was just like a a mess the servers were down every day and now I've I've not had any problems. I'm I'm pretty much back in the game, and it's it's great. It it's really gone from something that I was a little annoyed was taking away focus from the main Pokemon series to something that I am really excited about more so than the main Pokemon series. Um, <laughs> it it's it's really turned around. I think it should be held up as a model for how other living games should update themselves and how. You should split up your focus of what you're allowing players to do in terms of, like, macro, micro, daily things, weekly things, um, game-long things. There, there There's always a, a thing I need to do. Like, for the, for the daily stuff for, for Pokemon Go, if you catch at least one Pokemon a day, spin one Pokestop a day, that's like a real-world location you, you need to visit and, and activate and you get like a little thing for it, and do one research task a day. By the end of the week, you'll you'll get uh, bonuses on that where you'll you'll have strung along some sort of goal. And this sounds like really like manipulative mobile game stuff, with the exception that the i i just don't need to pay for anything i really don't yeah um i Mm -hmm. i can Mm. do stuff like pay for resources and you know that's always a worry with with this kind of mobile game structure but i just don't think it's that manipulative at all i really don't it's completely just for people like I'm not gonna go walk to that Pokestop today. That's not what I want to do. So I'll just buy po- uh, Pokeballs instead of collecting them from Pokestops. But if you can just walk there, it's fine, and it works out, and it's it's always gonna be great. Uh, so so that's my most improved award to Pokemon Go. Uh,
2: let's go with Wyatt. What's one of your awards? Uh, so Maya is gonna be uh, the award for the best use of the word boy. Great. Um, and that's going to go to God of War, <laughs> of course. Um, so, I mean, specifically, like you know, it, it's it's a good game. We've talked about it a lot, um, but specifically, um, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the story. Um, I wrote about this a little bit in the uh, in our our top games of 2018 article, but I think one of the things that I liked the most about this game, and there was a lot of things that I liked about it, but it was just it was crazy to me how much they switched his character around. Um, because in the first three games, he was a guy that was just literally driven by rage and revenge. And it was just all anger um, that was driving everything that he was doing. I mean, sure, there were some family aspects to things um, because of some of the, the things that the gods did to him. but But mostly he was just driven by rage. Whereas this time, they completely flipped everything on its head and made this guy who was basically just this typical, like, bro basically and turned him into this dad and everything that he does now is because he wants to protect his son and you know you don't really see a lot of game series that make such stark changes to their characters usually throughout the entire series they're pretty much going to be the same and kind of have the same motivations and do the same uh, actions but this one they just kind of flipped the script completely and I feel like the game was probably the better for it because not that the old God of War games were bad because they were fantastic games, but doing it in this manner just kind of gave it a new wrinkle that felt very, it felt kind of like you you can grow with the character Um because, you know, this is a series mm. that's been out for, God, I want to, I think the first one came out in like 2005 or 2004. Something so like it's like that, a yeah. four, 14, 15 year old series. And, you know, you can kind of see the growth of this character. So, it was just really, you know, just hats off to, to that, you know, uh, Sony Santa Monica for just really kind of flipping the script and, and honestly, like the best way possible and doing something that I don't think a lot of developers would be comfortable doing.
0: Yeah, I, um, there, there's nothing really political about the earlier God of War games or this one, but there's yeah. something like politics adjacent right now to an angry adult man just going around and and kind of uh praising the idea of war that now Mm -hmm. is for some Mm -hmm. reason just within the last five years or so maybe that it's become a really distasteful idea like the idea of revisiting those older god of war games to me is not it's it's not a comfy idea i'm not sure Mm. i'd be so into Mm. it um so it, it it's a pretty prescient change. It, it's a good change, I think. And it, it's very deserving of the award, Wyatt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, James, uh, let's hear one of yours.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm going to make a mockery of this whole exercise, really. So strap yourselves in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first award goes to Fallout 76 for Best Levitation by a Cow. You know, I now, always
0: thought that Fallout 76 deserved a Game of the Year award.
1: Absolutely. Now I know there are very few nominees in this category. In fact, there's only one. Um and it is a very specialized it is a very specialized field in game design. Um but, you know, this game achieves cow levitation with real gusto. Uh you <laughs> You you might remember me a couple of episodes ago talking about my first, I guess, 10 minutes in Fallout 76 where I was exploring a house and I heard a moo behind me (laughs) and there was this creepy ghost cow following me through this house, which made no sense because there's no way it could have fit through the front door. Um, I turn around and find a cow levitating upside down in the kitchen above the sink. And Classic super jump podcast I, moment. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and I predicted at that moment, Mitchell and Wyatt, that that cow would haunt my dreams forever, and that prediction has come true. Oh, great! <laughs> so <laughs> great. So that this is my first award. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I think that is the exact amount of pomp that Fallout seventy six should get in some, in a discussion like this uh my next <laughs> award is the best use of mountains uh <laughs> which is for celeste now this I'm, I'm sure this sounds just like hey mitchell wanted to talk about celeste so he he highlighted <laughs> one of the major aspects of that game and just said best that is true, and it's also not true. And I've written... Um, w- one of my longer articles that I wrote for Super Jump this year was an article all about the use of mountains in video games and how some everyone knows what a mountain is and everyone has some sort of real-life experience with a mountain. So the way you, as a game developer, implement a mountain in your game can say a lot about you as a person. Um, and, and your perspective on life, because it's just one of these central ideas that you can say, oh well, you know what mountains are. What does mountain mean? What does a mountain mean to you? And it, it usually is some sort of reflection on, on something else in your life. I talked about how Super Mario 64 uses mountains as guides around levels because players are new to 3D, or at least they were at the time of that game's release. And they need some sort of landmark to to wind themselves around; otherwise, they're going to get completely lost in three D. Uh, Celeste's use, sorry, Celeste uses mountains in a way that is really novel and really um, exciting and and, and and meaningful to me. The the main character of Celeste is Madeline, and she, her quest up the mountain that is Celeste Mountain is representative of her trying to deal with a lot of the issues and uh, problems she has in her life. She keeps just trying to say, hey, I can climb this mountain. It's going to be hard, but i it's a thing I can do. And it's very uh, metaphoric for the player's quest up Celeste Mountain in, in the same way that Madeline is going up you have to go up. And it's very difficult. It's a difficult game. But using mountains to represent difficulty and how you are probably more capable of things than you give yourself credit for is a fantastic message for right now and how we're coming to terms with the fact as a society that we just don't care enough about mental health and mental illness. Mm. And... Uh, giving players the ability to see their own mental weaknesses in a way that is much healthier than our defaults probably is a great way Mm -hmm. to use mountains in video games so that's best use of mountains for celeste
2: yeah Yeah, celeste is a fantastic game i wrote that that was one that i wrote about for our uh, top top games article as well so it's a, it's a really good game that I think everybody should play, even though it is incredibly hard.
0: It is incredibly hard. Uh, there, there are ways, if you feel necessary, you can uh, make it less hard, and you should do it if you, if you feel that it's too hard for you, because it is something that you should get through and you should um, use for your everyday life. Wyatt, what is
2: your next award? so my next award is going to be for the most interesting headless non-talking hero. Uh, and that's going to go to dead cells. Okay. So this is a, I don't know if it's exclusive to the switch. I think it is. Um, but I played it on the switch. Uh, it came out, I want to say it was like in the summer sometime. Um, but it's basically, it's a roguelike Metroidvania type style. Um, where you have one life to get through like an entire, I don't even know. It's, I haven't played it in a little, in in a couple months, Um, but when I did play it, I think I got about halfway through the number of of levels that you can, um, that there is to get through the entire game, but it's, you have to do the entire thing in one shot. Um, So basically, it's kind of like think of uh, like Dark Souls and those kind of games, but you have to do the entire game with one life instead of just each level with one life. Um, Mm. So it's also another pretty hard game, Um, but it's just really fun because. Even though you can play the same, you play the same levels, they vary the layout because it is a roguelike. So there's something new that you kind of experience every time. Um, and as you go through, you can buy, you use, you collect points by by killing enemies, and you can use those points to buy new items that were for when you start your next run. You can start with a certain kind of weapon, or you can start with, um, or you can make things a little bit easier for yourself. So it it kind of teaches you. Much in the same way that kind of Celeste really does teach you—you have to kind of learn each level and learn how to get around it. Even though Dead Cells is a roguelike, you still kind of have to learn the different enemy types because each level will have a different enemy. And very frequently, you'll run into an enemy on a level that you've never seen before, and then end up getting completely destroyed. And then you're like, okay, well, I got to remember when I get to this one that that enemy is there, and I have to, you know, kind of tackle it this way. So it's another one of those games that just is feels very rewarding when you do things because it is so tough so it kind of makes you have to really think on your feet and and kind of be on top of things at all times so if you're into roguelikes or if you're into that kind of metroidvania style game which kind of seems to be kind of one of the hot hot things yeah, in the sure. last like year or so the whole metroidvania is getting super super popular so if that's something mm-hmm. that you you enjoy i definitely think Ted Cells should check it out and i think it's like it's only like maybe $25, because it's It's a little small indie game, so it's not a huge um, price commitment or anything like that, and it, it's really, because it's, you can do things in, in small chunks, you don't have to kind of sit there and play it for hours like you would like a Breath of the Wild or something like that, so it's something you can kind of, if you've only got like 15 minutes, you can pick it up and, and do a run and see what you got.
0: So I just looked it up, it's on Windows, Mac OS, uh, Linux, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, and it came out all on the same day in august
2: yeah so it's on everything so you have no excuse to not play this game
0: (laughs) no excuse uh (laughs) all right james what is your second award
1: my second award is to god of war for crunchiest snow all right we are already uh, doubling
0: up on god of war it sounds sounds reasonable yeah. <laughs> I think
1: it's it's definitely a big theme here um, and I will be talking about it again a bit later so I'll, I'll pick out this specific award um, and the reason I mentioned crunchiest snow um, I I have vague memories Mitchell of I think it was not long after <clears throat> the trailer came out for for God of War um, we were discussing it on one of we our were. episodes way back when talked about the snow the for sure. snow we did yeah the snow was like a, a big feature of our discussion and it's interesting because um if you zoom in on that specific detail and you think about the sound it makes as you walk through it um, the way that it reacts to the character's feet and legs the way that it crumbles it's like uh someone spent a significant amount of time and attention on that one little detail that maybe a lot of players would just never notice and wouldn't be interested in and the reason i mention it in particular is because it's this one example of something that the team who made god of war do throughout the entire game so it's not just the snow it's it's absolutely everything they touch contains that level of attention to detail Um, and another thing I was thinking about and it's such a small thing but it's something you see all the time when you play like you're walking around as Kratos and he's got the weapon he's got his two major weapons on his back so they're always visible you know you're always kind of watching from that angle and you can quickly switch between both weapons at any time it's really really quick and easy to do but When you switch between weapons, the way that he actually kind of reaches around behind his back and grabs the weapon and takes it in his hand, the way that he throws the axe, the way that he catches it when he recalls it, and that coincides with a vibration in your controller and a really kind of satisfying deep bassy thump sound, there's just this... um, I mean, I hate to use the word visceral, but... (laughs) That's really what it is you know there's, there's just this incredible fine detail everywhere in the game and when you add all of those details together, it's it's no surprise at all that um, God of War has kind of not only featured on everybody's list pretty much but um, you know when you look at other publications um, it, it's winning game of the Year all over the place um, and it's it's really no surprise.
2: You know, it's funny that you mentioned the the switching weapons thing cuz I feel like when I play that game of the, you know, I don't know, like 15-20 hours that I put into the main story, I must have spent like an hour just sitting there flipping my weapons back and forth yes. because the way that he the way he flips the the axe and I won't say what the other weapon is, but the way he kind of flips between both of his his two main weapons, it just the the sound and the look of it and just like the finesse of him kind of flipping the axe around, it was just, it was amazing. Like it was, it's like you said, it's a small detail that most people probably don't notice, but I spent so much time just pushing the button, just flipping it back and forth in my hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was doing that yesterday. I sat there for (laughs) about five minutes, just flipping the weapons back and forth. It's so satisfying. And it really is. And it's like one thing about it that's kind of funny as well is, um, there's, there's been a lot of discussion around the realistic animation in Red Dead Redemption 2, right? Where, you know, like when you go shopping in that game, you'll actually pick up, physically pick up the item off the shelf and put it in your bag. Um, and one of the things that I kind of find fascinating about it is these both games have kind of really realistic-looking animation, but God of War manages to have really realistic animation while at the same time being really snappy and quick and convenient and feeling really good. So it's just interesting because, you know, like there's different opinions on Red Dead Redemption 2's um, like the speed of animation. Sometimes it's quite slow. And the argument is, well, it's slow because it's ultra realistic and that's what it's going for. It's just funny to me that God of War you know achieves that kind of um, realistic feel in its animation that suspension of disbelief but it's it's still incredibly kind of slick and intuitive and it never gets in your way
0: yeah red dead redemption in that way kind of feels like a slightly, slightly strange cross between the idea of r- simulated realism and still trying to gamify your systems, uh, like yeah. Red Dead Redemption is still definitely supposed to be a game that is fun. Like that is still the point of that game. And mm. maybe I don't know. I this is not supposed to be a part of the part of the show where <laughs> we dunk on Red Dead Redemption, but <laughs> uh, you know may, maybe a simulated realistic kind of thing is better for a game where you're just trying to say hey the wild west was this way and red dead redemption is i don't know how you know what bad time to start a conversation uh (laughs) my next award (laughs) is for best promise made good and that's going to go to super smash brothers ultimate i was talking with you james before e3 but after the game's um, weird announcement trailer I think it, it was just the one, it just had Inkling in it and that's it and mm-hmm. you were saying, yeah I don't know I, I just usually don't get into Super Smash Brothers and I, I said something to the effect of there are things this game could do that are really small that could get me very interested in this game, like it could jump to the most excited game or the game i am most excited for but as it is i'm not interested in this game so much and hmm. the fact that it's just called ultimate and the fact that they they said hey we're listening and whenever a game developer says we're listening you kind of have to take that with a mountain of salt and say like "Oh, okay you're 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 listening because you are physically hearing the tweets or physically seeing the tweets um it's a game made by people that really wanted to make this the ultimate version of smash brothers it's living up to its name so well the uh, combat system makes it and, and when i say that i just mean like the entire like physics of how it how it fights is making it at once a perfect game for casual players and an amazing game for competitive players and the fact that they brought every character back and still continued to add a number of characters that were some of the community's number one or like two picks. King K. Rule probably won that Smash ballot, is what we know now about King K. Rule. And Ridley has been a pick by the Smash community to be in the game for years de- over a decade and Sakurai is, in the past had to come out and say no I don't want to put Ridley in because he is too big and he would look wrong in in a game like Smash Brothers if we shrunk him down so much or if we cut off his wings and the people kept asking and they made Super Smash Brothers Ultimate a, a complete package and the way you do that is you uh, you finally add Ridley Ridley is now finally in Super Smash Brothers uh and simon belmont totally makes sense to be there it is absolutely an ultimate game not only is it um working towards its own strengths but it's but it's also saying um what the smash series has had a real problem with in in the past which is single player content melee and brawl had a pretty all right amount of single player content and then super smash brothers for wii u and 3ds did not they didn't have a story mode or adventure mode at all and people took umbrage with that and now super smash brothers ultimate and saying okay fine how about a story mode that's so long you have to save in the middle of it so you can come back to it in in multiple nights because it's 30 hours long how do you feel about <laughs> that and yeah it, it's ultimate this is where you go with super smash brothers now banjo kazooie is still not in it which is a bummer But, (laughs) there are four more DLC slots, so I'm keeping myself pretty optimistic about that. And when it does, then it'll finally actually be ultimate. But now it's pretty ultimate, so that is the award for Best Promise Made Good. Uh, Wyatt, we have your last award.
2: Yeah, so my award for the greatest number of Gokus in a single location goes to dragon ball fighters okay Um, how many gokus there so there's (laughs) there's actually been a little bit of debate of over how many actual gokus are in the game because technically like officially there is uh base base goku okay uh, super saiyan goku and then um there is super saiyan blue goku okay um, so there's technically three official Goku characters, but then there's Goku Black, which is Goku's body, but it's inhabited by someone else. Um, and then there's like Gohan, there's a Teen Gohan, and then there's Adult Gohan, and then there's Gotenks, which is Gohan or which is Goten and Trunks. So like technically, that's partly Goku. So, like, I think Goku Kotaku family. did a thing. So, I think, like, there's roughly, like, if you count halves and, and quarters, I think there's roughly, <laughs> like, like six or seven Gokus in this game. Um, that's a good amount. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Gokus. Um, but it's also just a really good fighting <laughs> game. Um, so, you know, we kind of been talking about Smash a lot. Um, which is also a fighting game. Um, but, but a very different fighting game than, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is. Um, Dragon Ball Fighters is, like, more along the, it's an anime fighter, so there's a lot more intricate uh, button moves that you have and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if 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 you love fighting games and you like Dragon Ball Z, or even if you like fighting games or anime fighting games, and you kind of want to see what this one's like, I definitely recommend trying it out. Um, especially if if you kind of if Smash is giving you a little bit of a competitive uh, itch, and you kind of want to see how some like more traditional fighting games are. It's definitely a pretty good choice. Uh, it, it takes less execution and, and, and everything than a game like Street Fighter or Tekken, because those are, are fairly intricate. Um, but this one, uh, like even drag, Dragon Ball even has auto combos. So if you just push the same fighting button multiple times, it'll do a full combo for you without having to actually put in like quarter circle motions and half circle motions and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, but it's also it's just a really fun uh game, and it also has a really good story mode. Speaking of story modes, um, it's it's really long and it gets kind of repetitive, but the actual story part, there's like some cutscenes, and they have all of the actual voice actors or the um, English voice actors at least. Um, so it's it's a really 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 good game. So definitely, uh, if you're at all interested in Dragon Ball or fighting games, I recommend checking it out. So I'm glad
0: that you listed all. Of the gokus and what they are um because (laughs) i i played a little bit of of dragon ball fighters and i don't think i i I really looked around the character select screen too much because i i watched all of dragon ball but not z and definitely not the ones after z uh the shows Mm -hmm. after z so i didn't recognize all these characters so I, i i'm glad you filled me in with with some of these goku's names because I wanted to just like dive in and and watch a single episode from the the current Dragon Ball show, Super, and yeah. I watched a show. Yeah. I watched an episode. Didn't understand a thing of what was going on. <laughs> uh, there was one part where everyone had their guns aimed at Goku, and then Trunks told them not to shoot because he's not black. And at that point, I. Now I understand that there's a Goku black. <laughs> I can see how that would be confusing if you didn't know. <laughs>
2: you like wait oh, what? that's all cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, before I I was I just thought Dragon Ball got a got really really wild. <laughs> it had this new had this new political bent to it I did not expect and I don't <laughs> fully understand.
2: Uh Uh, that's amazing (laughs) beside that though uh
0: james i believe we have your final award
1: yeah and it's it's kind of another razzie uh i it's it's an award for most unintentional crimes and it it's for red dead redemption 2 um and i have to say right at the outset i do love red dead redemption 2 i think it's a brilliant game it's it didn't make it into my top three for the year, but it's it's pretty close behind. Um, and what this award is all about is, just to lay the groundwork a little bit, um, you know that you can commit crimes in Red Dead Redemption 2, and when you commit crimes in, in each kind of region or town, uh, you can attract a bounty on your head that can kind of go up over time as you commit more crimes. Uh, You know, you'll have the cops looking for you and all that good stuff. But this game has such a strong commitment to realism that as much as I committed plenty of deliberate crimes, and I did commit many deliberate crimes, I've never committed so many unintentional crimes in a game. So I'll give you an example. I want you to imagine this. Um, and this, this, these unintentional crimes primarily happen in the main built-up city in the game, Saint Denis, uh, where there's you know narrow streets and there's a lot of horses and carts everywhere. There's a lot of people walking around. You imagine yourself, you're on your horse, you're you're um, you know you're moving down a a narrow street on a nice sunny afternoon. <laughs> You're not moving too fast. You're not moving too slow. You're just looking around. And you just happen to be moving fast enough that the air that comes off the leading edge of your horse as you're moving (laughs) through the street happens to brush against a woman's dress as she walks by you. Just enough to disturb her. So she calls out for the cops because you've apparently bumped into her or or assaulted her by walking past too quickly and then the cops chase you out of town and <laughs> and you swear very loudly to yourself and roll your eyes and you uh you you go away and lick your wounds to come back and fight another day <laughs> um <laughs> this happened to me on a regular basis in saint denis and i've read that there's a lot of videos about this as well and i've read a lot of accounts from people who you know, they were just minding their own business. They weren't robbing a bank or anything. But they randomly somehow bumped into someone on the street who was probably walking on the road, which they really shouldn't be doing, mind you. <laughs> and they ended up <laughs> they ended up being wanted by the cops. So I reckon if I count my unintentional crimes in Red Dead Redemption 2, they would be massive. Most of my bounty comes from bumping into people. Just just walking by
0: not even is there a push button there's not even a, a push going on here It's just walking by someone No
1: there's no, no no there's no active there's no push there's no intention to push you know i I'm just man I'm just riding my horse to the barber to get a haircut. That's all I'm doing. my gun's not drawn I'm not insulting anyone but God forbid I get too close to someone. And they feel the air on their elbow, and I'm gone, like the cops are all after me it's It's shocking. <laughs>
0: hmm. yeah, I mean, definitely deserves an award. <laughs> I'm glad we could squeeze it in uh- <laughs> So those were the the nine um, smaller awards we're, we were going to give out today. Uh, each of us has a game of the year, the greatest game of 2018. Now, all of those games, they could have included um, living games that came out earlier or ports or, or whatever, but mm. these are going to be games that came out this year, like this year, this year. So uh, who wants to go first? Not me. I, I call not it
2: i can go first okay um so mine's gonna be for smash brothers ultimate okay um, this is a this bold is...
0: choice i i really applaud you for for choosing i know i'm,
2: re- I'm really stepping out you know really trying to, to <laughs> trying to be different you know i don't want to pick something that anybody else would pick because i don't this is a, like it's just a small indie game like i don't really mm-hmm. think a lot of people have played it or anything <laughs> like that so you may not have even heard of it but you know if you haven't, it's a Nintendo fighting game. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff has been said about this game. Um, whereas, you know, I've played a lot of Smash in the past. Um, I didn't really play a lot of Brawl. Um, but I played a lot of Melee back in high school. And I played a bit of Smash 4. Uh, but I hadn't really played it in a while. So, when it was announced, I was still very excited. Because I, not excited as like a lot of people who are are diehard fans who have been playing, you know, constantly for years and years, Um, I was more excited just to kind of really play the game a lot and potentially competitively, Um, like from the start, uh, whereas like a lot of the other games, like when Melee came out, I think I was, I was like 14 or 13. Um, So it wasn't something where I was like really trying to, to get super good at, and then, I didn't have a Wii U, so I didn't really play Smash Four when it first came out. So this was one where I was like, okay, I'm gonna finally actually play this right when it comes out, and I'll be able to play and like you know really kind of try and get good at it. And it's just been a really fun experience. The last last two weeks, I think I've I checked earlier. I think I've put over, I've crossed the hundred hour mark now at this point. Um, so I basically basically been playing it nonstop, um, and it's just really fun. Like just the the I played a lot of fighting games this year, but this is by far like the most diverse roster, not just in terms of uh, just the, the sheer number, because there is a lot. There's 74 characters if you count the Mii Fighters. Um, but just the different play styles and the fact that no matter whether you're playing competitively or if you're just playing casually with your friends, like anybody can pick this game up and just have a good time with it. Um, so it's just... You know, it feels like, it it truly feels like the ultimate kind of Smash Brothers product. You know, you've got good, you know, fun online games. You can play with your friends. You have a story mode that's pretty deep. Even the classic mode, you know, playing the game kind of the way, you know, going through each character's kind of story. Um, Because the classic modes are all a little bit different for each character. They kind of have different people that you play against. um, And they kind of craft a story that's individual to that character. So it just feels like a really overall just fun product that's really good um and it's just been a a really amazing time so there's there's been a lot of good games out out there this year but i think by far this is kind of the one that's really stuck into me and and probably will will stick with me for for quite a long time
0: it's definitely the game out of all the ones i've played this year that i have played the most and will play the most um Mm -hmm. well actually i don't know if i've played it the most yet but very soon it'll pass the 80 something hours i put into hollow knight i'm sure um, like quickly, it'll quickly pass that, <laughs> uh, in, in an unacceptable short amount of time. Uh, I, I totally agree with the pick. It's not my specific pick, but I, I, uh, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. It's a great game. Um, why did you, uh, did you say who your main was last
2: episode? I forget. Um. So yeah, last episode my main had been mainly Chrom. Um, and Krom is still up there, but I've actually taken quite a liking to Wolf over the last few days. Okay. Um, and his style is actually really fun. And so Wolf seems to be kind of like a little bit like inching a little bit past Krom as my main, but Krom and, and Wolf, those are definitely like, kind of like main and secondary material right now.
0: Having Krom as your main is apparently really good. Um, I, yeah, he's a really good character. I don't know if it was like public <laughs> knowledge at the time when we recorded that. But now Yeah, Krom yeah, might now be the the best all the character tier lists have in the game. Come
2: out. <laughs> yeah, like it's between like Crom and Inkling are kinda of, like the two that are up there. And like in my defense, like, you know, peop people will probably be like, Oh, you're just like a tier you know, going off a tier list, but it's like I picked up Crom I think on like day three before any tier list had even come out. So I just he looked like a fun character and I like swords, so I was like, Cool, I'll try it out and he was really good and it turns out that he's a really good character, so cool.
0: I've been using too many different characters, I think, because I feel like I've lost my main. I no longer <laughs> have a main. And that's that's an uncomfortable feeling. I need to dial back down into... Uh... I want it to be Pokemon Trainer. That would be fun. James, who's your main?
1: Uh, so far, Captain Falcon probably is the one I'm playing the most. Uh,
0: okay. Hmm. Is mm. that a remnant from your 64 days?
1: No, no, not at all. I, um, and I deliberately kind of went through as I was unlocking and spent a good amount of time with each character I've unlocked. Um, and I think, yeah, Captain Falcon's probably my favorite at the moment. Like probably the one that I, he's kind of my go-to, especially if I'm struggling with a fight. Um, I feel most comfortable with him so far
0: yeah great i mean that's that's all it takes just it, it's just a super uh superficial level level of comfort and friendship that you develop with your smash avatar and and that that wins tournaments <laughs> that, that's all you need uh james would you like to go next or should i balls in your court
1: yeah sure uh so I, uh, I also chose a, a little game that no one has talked about at all this year. <laughs> um, and I was actually trying to, I was trying to actively look for alternatives. Um, I went with <laughs> God of War. <laughs> I, um, when, we, when we did the process of looking at our top three games for the year, I had, I started with a list of, I think about 11 of my favorite games from the year. And I went through this really like harrowing process of trying to compare them and think about my time with them and, um, you know, what am I still playing now? What kind of left the biggest impression on me? And I kind of slowly whittled down the list to get to three. And it was really hard to choose a top game. Um, It was probably between this and Super Smash Ultimate. Wow, um, but I I went with God of War because I, you know, when I really think about it, uh, it's it's not hyperbolic to say that everything it does, it does almost flawlessly. Um, it really so, seems that way, you yeah. Know, yeah, like you know, a lot of games you play, even the very best games, there'll be there'll be something that's some element that's a little weaker than the rest. Maybe it's a game that's mechanically brilliant, but, you know, there's something flat or, or uninteresting or, um, you know, kind of redundant about the narrative uh, or vice versa. Um, but God of War really gets everything right. You know, the, the combat is, is brilliantly designed. Um, the narrative is, is exceptional uh, and it's exceptional. I think it's exceptional not because it's a father-son story per se, because that's not itself a particularly innovative thing, but it's the way that it combines that intimate story with the much bigger, crazy meta-narrative about these gods that are all in conflict. Um, you've th- These two narratives kind of intertwine with each other in this really natural and seamless way that is quite incredible that I don't think I've ever seen in a game and that I haven't really seen in many movies either. Um, And, you know, Wyatt touched on this earlier, but if you think about Kratos as a character and where he came from, um, you know, that he kind of had this former life of brutality that he's escaping from and trying to leave behind um the new god of war is kind of all about what happens when his past crashes violently into his present uh and and all of the the kind of tension and and fear and you know anger around those two worlds colliding um it's just incredibly well handled even down to the point where the script is exceptional and the acting is exceptional um you know we talked about the attention to detail earlier and that's that attention to detail just exists everywhere through the game um there's one other little thing that i really love that that i've talked about on the show before where as you as you are making your way back and forth across the lake of the nine which is kind of a I guess, kind of a hub area for the game. Um, you know, Kratos and Atreus are in a in little boat together and they're often passing the time by having conversation. Um, and quite often, Kratos will tell a story to Atreus or an anecdote or something like that. And if he's in the middle of telling that story, but you're about to dock the boat to go somewhere he will just really seamlessly stop what he's saying and he'll sort of transition and say, oh, you know, but we've got things to do. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that later. Mm-hmm. You, you'll come back like an hour later. You'll have done all of this other stuff. You'll get back in the boat and he'll kind of naturally resume what he was saying or Atreus will say, oh, you were telling me about such and such. What happened? Um, and and that that just incredible seamless transition that happens everywhere through the dialogue it happens all the time uh there's something really magical about that i i don't know how they achieved it but i've never seen that in a video game before that was one element that actually made me sort of think this game feels next gen in its design it's actually doing things that i've never seen in another game so Really, when it came down to it, like when I was kind of assessing all these games, I thought God of War is, it's basically my favorite game since Breath of the Wild. Um, and it's one of the most exceptional games I've ever played in, in my whole gaming career. Um, it deserves every accolade it's getting. And I'm real I really, really can't wait to see where they take the series. Because if this is... If this is the reboot, then whatever's coming in the future is really something to watch out for. Is it crass for me to say
0: that I wish it wasn't called God of War? I <laughs> I feel like it's such a try-hard name that doesn't really apply to the series anymore. <laughs> and like it, it's such a it's a much more quiet, reflective sort of game now and and is technically about gods and war, but I feel like that just doesn't the the tone doesn't apply anymore. It may, it might do it a disservice to well, people that would be interested in it without um, knowing what it is.
1: Yeah, I I think that's I think that's definitely true. The only thing is, um, as much as you know, there's a lot of emphasis on kind of the the quieter, subtler narrative beats between Kratos and Atreus, but uh, there are plenty of like outrageous, crazy, bombastic moments in the game as well. And they are just as expertly, gorgeously handled. Um, So, so you definitely get both, but they don't feel like they're, it doesn't feel like you're playing two different games. If that makes sense. Like um, everything is kind of on this continuum between the quiet moments and the loud, crazy stuff And the game has this really beautiful way of kind of dipping back and forth into each side of the continuum so that you never, you never really get bored with the quiet stuff and you never get completely overwhelmed with the bombast either.
0: Interesting. I, um, I, I, I can't wait to see how games react to Breath of the Wild and God of War and spider-man and and, and games of Mm -hmm. of that ilk that have within the last year or two or three have really um they i don't think it, it would be fair to say that they've turned their genres upside down or anything they've just made all these micro adjustments that added together create a huge change in how how awesome in like the biblical sense of the word awesome A game can feel (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. just like how how
0: how big of a scope is actually transferred into the emotional receptor of the player i guess um like i i stand on that cliff in breath of the wild and i see all of hyrule laid out the way nintendo (laughs) arranged it and that is a real moment and that happens within the first couple minutes and god of war Mm -hmm. has so many of those kinds of things Uh, yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely i i i'm seeing a little bit already catch on in the indie scene like um it's not called saber i think oh man i always forget this one it's the one with like the really minimalist line art
2: style um oh i know which one you're talking about yeah yeah i forget the name of it it's a five letter word
0: that starts with s i'm pretty sure uh like you're you're going all through through sand dunes and stuff uh, mm-hmm. like on a little skidoo. Mm. yeah that that already seems like it's it's borrowing from from that lineage i'm excited to see how it goes it's god of war is definitely worthy of uh of, of a of a game of the year james good pick um mine is celeste so i'm glad we all had different ones that's kind of fun <laughs> um, so yeah i we, i already spoke about celeste um on on this episode but uh, apart from its relationship with difficulty, which I think is kind of its main thing, it's also a beautiful pixel art style that it's not aping any real pixel art console. It doesn't look like NES or Super Nintendo or, or Genesis or anything like that. Mm. It is its own vibe. Um, the music is fantastic. The theme to Celeste might be like one of my songs of the year from, from video mm-hmm. games. Yeah, um, Just... Yeah, uh, a a really good use of of augmenting and 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 uh, reutilizing the the main light motif of Celeste, like the light motif that represents Celeste Mountain in in the game, is is warped and changed throughout the game, and I I love the the way the music represents what Madeline is going through at every step. Um, there there's just so many aspects to this game that that are pretty incredible One one thing okay here's here's new information that <laughs> i won't just be doubling up on with celeste celeste <laughs> is actually a remake technically um the the creators of the game noel Berry and matt thorson made celeste a game for pico eight for a game jam like over a weekend in in 48 hours and th- this was in 2015. That game was just really short. It was maybe 30 rooms, basically the same physics of, of what you see in the real final game that is a remake of that. And that small game appears in Celeste on on the Pico 8, which is a, a fictional made up console that emulates a like what a typical... 1980s microcomputer would have been like to code on and to to play games on. So I found that. It's just an Easter egg in the game. It's in the third level of the game. You can totally miss it. I found that and I played the original Pico 8 version of Celeste and then I looked up what the Pico 8 is and I thought, hey, I can do that. And I've made two games for Pico 8 this year and I've never made a game before. Uh, Celeste... That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I I it was something I was really proud of, and uh, Celeste is, I think, in in just the strictest sen- sense based on that story, based on the reason I uh started y- programming in Pico Eight, is the most influential game to me in getting me to design games. I think it has to be because I wouldn't have without it. Um, <laughs> so just based on that alone, I I have to give that a a number of favorite points toward my Game of the Year uh, selection. And I, I want to see if, if anyone else... I, I, I know other people out there played Celeste and then they went to go program Pico8 games because there's a really strong Pico8 forum community where they uh, trade programming tricks and just show off what they've made. And I saw a bunch of people come to Pico8 after Celeste because they were inspired by it. And inside that... Th- community already like already for for years since 2015 Celeste has kind of been their Super Mario Brothers it's been the biggest Pico 8 game before the final like real Celeste came out they've already been playing this Pico 8 version of Celeste and it's been super influential to all mm. of them to say like hey I can make this that feels this good and this iconic and and, and is this much of a thing? In 48 hours with Pico 8? Like, yeah, you can. It, it'll be hard, but you can. Um, and it, an incredibly inspiring game. Not just in the fact that they made it, but every aspect of the game. If there's like a major th- motif to be taken from Celeste, it's inspiration. The ability to do difficult things. I think that's incredibly valuable, and it is my game of the year. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got that episode taken care of, guys. Uh, this is the This is the area of the show where you can send in, or we will read your sent-in messages or questions. You can send them in at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. Uh, if you send some nice stuff, I'll greatly appreciate it because during the recording of this show, I got 20 messages from someone who is trying to dox me and just saying really, really mean things about me. So that's great. And oh, jeez. Yeah. No. No, I'll sh- I, I would honestly read them on the episode if, if if I wasn't afraid of just losing an audience over vulgarity. I'll share some choice ones with you guys after the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, send better stuff, please. It's the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I think we're going to move into our after-school activities. So I think the real after-school activities this week is going to be to play all those games that we said good things about. But um, we, we, of course, are going to have our standard, uh, more, more achievable after-school activities that we've got lined up for you why why don't you go first
2: sure Um, just because we haven't talked about smash enough today um, so there is this four hour um, smash documentary that came out i want to say about four years ago um, that basically um, if you search like smash documentary in on youtube um, you can either find the entire thing in one video or you can find i think it's a nine part actual series um, that really it, it talks it's mainly kind of focused around melee uh because that's just kind of like melee has been kind of the the breath in the the heartbeat of the smash scene i think it came um, out before five... the 3ds and wii u one as yeah, yeah i think it was like directly before that so they were kind of like so i mean so yeah obviously so it, because it the other ones wouldn't have been around at that time um but so if you want kind of a really good kind of background to kind of the the grassroots and, and the, the origins of the smash community, because it is kind of, it's growing a lot now that um now that ultimate is out and there's a lot more people kind of getting into things. So if you kind of want to see where it all started and kind of see a lot of the, the major players that now have kind of moved into ultimate and might actually play. I know Armada said he's going to enter himself into the uh, ultimate summit, which is like a weekend tournament that they do here in los angeles with a lot of uh big names and you know leffin and mango all these guys are, are playing ultimate so if you kind of want to see how things started and uh kind of where all that came from definitely check out the smash documentary Wyatt, have
0: i told you about the time i met me Too king i don't think so james have i talked about this on the show before i feel like i might have i'm not sure so it was my sophomore year <laughs> of college and I was super hyped up on the Smash documentary that Wyatt just recommended. Um it's called The Smash Brothers, I think. Just just those words. So good luck okay. googling that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um I was all hyped up on it. My my roommates and I were all just really excited about the the prospect of getting good at melee because we had found a little Community within our college of maybe 20 to 25 ish people that were really practicing and really trying to better themselves and learn new tricks and stuff. And there was this tournament at UC San Diego, which is where I was, called Pat's House Two. A pretty big tournament. It had Hungry Box, was going to be there. Um, Mewtwo King was going to be there, Zero was going to be there, Ken was going to be there, even though this was after the long after the fall of Ken uh, as the king of Smash. But also, uh, Shroomed, Pew Pew U and SFAT were going to be there, and they needed a room. So my roommates and I volunteered ourselves, and we just said, yeah, we'll do that. We You can just... As long as you're okay with kind of just the couch and the floor with some pillows and blankets, which they were very used to at that point as traveling Smash players, um, you can ab- absolutely stay in our apartment. We'd love that, uh, and they did. And they were they're such great guys, by the way. All all three of those people I named just amazing people. Shroomed, uh, Pew Pew you and S Fat, who have. Mm-hmm. Um, real names as well <laughs> uh <laughs> uh dewan um uh, kevin and zach uh yeah yes it is those um one night before the the night before the tournament people were having a little bit of a smash pro player party in my apartment and dewan shroomed he called he gets a phone call and he asked me hey is it okay if jason comes here and I go, who is Jason? And it's Mewtwo King. And other people are like, hey, Mewtwo King is great, but you got you to gotta be careful. This is where you live. Uh, and I didn't understand the, the predicament on that. And I said, yeah, sure, but we're all going to get food. So we all went to get food. There was no one at my apartment. All the people who had keys to my apartment were with us at the, at the restaurant we went to to get food. We were all gone from the apartment. When we come back, and no one believes me, but it's true. When we come back, I (laughs) unlock the door to my apartment, and Mewtwo King is asleep on my couch, face down, totally out. (laughs) (laughs) And we have no, we have to this day, because it's kind of hard to like get a straight answer out of him when you ask him a question like that. Like, hey, how'd you get here? why yeah <laughs> uh t- today st- still i have no idea how muta King got in the apartment but there he was
2: that is hilarious i mean i i've <laughs> uh, i talked to him a little bit at e3 because I, I happen to be standing in line um in the the like for glory line and uh him and uh why am i forgetting his name the guy that the one that won he beat zero at evo in Smash Four, God, what is Oh, his name? um, yeah. Why am I? No, I have a... A, a bayonetta player. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I don't, Why I can't did remember. How I the not name. find his name? Anyways, but I, I ran into both of them, um, Salem. There we go. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so Salem and, and Mute King, I, I, they were both standing in line, and uh, from from a little bit that I've talked to Mute King, I can imagine. That this sounds like a perfectly on-brand story for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he then told me he was hungry when he woke up at like three in the morning, and we went to grab burritos. <laughs> and he informed me that he had forgotten his wallet, so I bought him a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is sounding like a negative story, but it really wasn't. It was it was a funny, fun time uh, meeting. No, yeah, to I mean, me. no, yeah,
2: that's that sounds like because he's he seems just like a a genuinely just a a nice guy but he just is that that sounds like him just kind of like what who cares how i got in here i'm here now so feed me
0: yeah he's a really nice guy that's like new to a lot of stuff i think is the best Mm -hmm. way to describe him um okay that was a that was a detour we're still in after school activities (laughs) james what is your act after school activity
1: yeah, so mine's a, another YouTube channel I just found recently. Uh, it's called People Make Games. And it's been, it looks like it's only really just started up earlier this year. So it's still pretty new and still pretty small. Um, they've got seven kind of mini documentaries, I'd call them. Like they're sort of between 10 and 15 minutes, um, each on a particular topic. And what I like about it is. The topics are really weird and interesting. So the video that got me into this was how Neopets was sold to Scientologists. Oh, yeah. Um, I've which seen this. I <laughs> which I found very, very fascinating. Um, and the other thing I like about it is just the fact that it's um, it's really kind of friendly and there's a big focus on talking to kind of the firsthand sources Um, you know, actually tracking down the developers and speaking to the original creators um, rather than doing everything based on desktop research. Um, So they're obviously putting a lot of effort into it and they're trying to grow it. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out.
0: I I definitely also recommend checking that out, especially that specific video on the history of Neopets and their involvement with Scientology, which is not zero amount, <laughs> which is surprising to me. Uh yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my after school activity this week is the YouTube channel Nakey Jakey. Um kind of just the channel in general, but if you want um specific video recommendations, he just did a really great one on Red Dead Redemption 2, kind of just an all all-around review. But that's a bit outside of what he normally does go ahead and look up the uh, video he's done on Scholastic Book Fairs or the video he's done on the PS1 demo discs that you used to be able to get from Pizza Hut. Um, There's just a lot of really, um, really nice nostalgic, but not nostalgic in a way that I I think games are used to. Nostalgic in just a, a, a way that maybe writers are used to about how like the way you write about your childhood and I'm making it sound a, a lot, <laughs> a, a lot more refined than his channel gets. It gets kind of wild. Um, but <laughs> I, I definitely recommend it. Nikki Jakey is, a uh, one of my definitely top five. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say top three. He's one of my top three new <laughs> YouTube discoveries from, from 2018. <laughs> so uh definitely recommend that okay so uh that's been the show i hope you have a or you have had a good christmas or hanukkah or kwanzaa or whatever it is you celebrate because by the time this episode comes out i believe all of those will have passed um and happy new year that's coming up soon i wish the best for you and yours this coming 2019 thank you so much for listening to our show throughout our two seasons that we've done in 2018, we bounced around a lot in terms of how regular our show was, how uh, how many people are on our show in in any given week, <laughs> what we were able to push out to the public, and how many episodes we threw away, which um, is also a non-zero amount. <laughs> we threw away if I. If, <laughs> i want to say five full episodes that we recorded this year which is actually pretty good compared to uh some of my podcasting friends experience um but bad for the reasons that we had to which are mainly uh i i did a poopy job editing sometimes so i lost them um or they were just corrupted when they were sent to me or any number of other problems that Audacity, the free garbage audio compiler, is prone to having. Uh, <laughs> our theme song has been by Jamitar. Please remember to uh, subscribe to our show, the Super Jump Podcast. Review us on iTunes or anywhere else that you can review the show. Tell a friend check out the super jump magazine especially check out our article that we put out on our james hit me with the full name of that article
1: yeah so the article's called super jump magazine's top games of 2018 uh and we'll put it in the show notes for this one as well sure we definitely will so thank you for listening and
0: stay super super